0: Let's go. Here we go. Tom Brady joins us. Hey, Tommy, how are you? What's up, Jim? Good afternoon. It's a uh,
1: good day. We won. Moving on to round two of the NFL playoffs. And that was a good start for us yesterday. So good to get win. I said last week it's kind of a one-game season. I know that's a, a, um, a cliche, but that's the reality of NFL football in the postseason. So um, I'm glad we won. This next game is going to be... Uh, Very challenging, whoever it is. You know, it's going to be our toughest game of the year. So excited to see it and uh, see what we can make of next week.
0: That was your 47th playoff game, and you've had 35 playoff wins. So everybody talks so much that you're 44 years old, but if you take into account preseason games that you've played in and now the postseason, you've played three full postseason years, okay? That's a lot. I know you hate when it gets to age, but you're really about a 51 year old quarterback in terms of your legs, in terms of seasons. So we're not on your 22nd season. We're on about your 27th or 28th season. Um, Does that change the perspective for you at all when you hear that? And when that's brought to your attention,
1: it means a lot of football and it means intense football too. So I think these playoff games feel like, you know, a regular season games of like one game, a playoff game feels like a one and a half. You know, I just think the hitting, the intensity, the preparation, um, there's so much on the line for all of us. Cause you, you know, you, you put a lot into and every team does the regular season, but then when it comes to the postseason, you get an extra burst of energy. You just feel like, all right, here it is. Everything we got for this game. And it's definitely intense atmosphere. So it's a lot. And I just know, I think of just all the games i played in the postseason really since 2011. You know, we played in a championship game at the Patriots there. We played in the championship game in 12. We played in the championship game in 13. We played in the championship game in 14. We played in the championship game in 15, 16, 17, 18. In 19, we didn't. And then last year for the Bucs, 20. And here we are one game from the championship game. So it's really an accumulation of games played in months, you know, months of football that are It's a lot different finishing, you know, January 1st or 2nd than February 1st or February 2nd. So it's probably another year of my life or so that's been, you know, dedicated to playing really intense football. So that's just the reality. Believe me, I'd much rather be in that position than not. But I was thinking about that this morning, just, wow, that's a lot of extra football. And at the end of the day, it's good to be playing in those meaningful games.
0: I once asked this of Kobe Bryant, and he gave me a figure, so I'd like to hear figure. I asked him how many free throws he thought he had shot total in his life. How many passes do you think you have thrown mm. in your life all the way back when you were a youngster through your last practice in your last game yesterday?
1: That's a really good question. Um, so I would say in general, there's probably about 100 throws per practice, if I guess that on average. And if we said roughly 100 practices a year, and three of those, so a third of that would be, I don't know, just over six thousand times games is probably two hundred a game, two hundred to two hundred fifty a game because I actually charted that, including throws on the sideline and pregame. So, so if anyone's got a calculator out there, figure it out. So you're 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 up near a half a million. Half a million? I don't know. Let's snake figure that out while we're talking. Maybe t- fill us in at the end. That's what I had. Yeah. So it. It's quite a bit. It's a lot of throwing. And ironically, the shoulder that I'm always sore on is my left shoulder, not my right shoulder. So explain <laughs> that. The one that's done all the work, it's not sore. And the one that's I never throw you know, I think because I take a lot of hits, I actually don't give it the kind of TLC it needs with my treatments. So um I keep my arm really pliable, my right arm, and it's never sore. And my left arm I don't, and it's sore as shit. So that's uh, that's really the result of the TB12 method right there.
0: And is that because maybe you're conditioned to trying to protect your right shoulder, so you're trying to land on your left?
1: That's part of it. I, You know, I will kind of land on my left shoulder if I can, but I do think that I, it definitely doesn't get the kind of attention that my right arm gets or my hips get or my legs get um, or my neck gets. So it's just kind of the one thing that gets – a little bit neglected because it's probably the least important thing on my body in terms of throwing a football.
0: Now I'm going to let you guess. What do you think Kobe Bryant's answer was?
1: How many shots he's taken or free
0: throws, free throws, just free throws. God.
1: Between practice and games. Um, thousand, 10,000, 10,000 a year. Maybe
0: he said over a million.
1: Mm, It's a lot. I believe it. Uh, Yeah, that'd be a lot. He's probably practiced a ton and nobody practiced and worked harder than that guy. So I believe it. I mean, he did a lot of it. And um, that was why he was so great. I mean, at the end of the day, he loved doing it and he practiced the shit out of it. So he got pretty good at it. And, uh, you know, I think anything that we repeat in the end makes us better. We repeat good habits, they make us better. We repeat free throws, they make it better. We repeat our math assignments, our math gets better. You repeat good relationships, your relationships get better. So working hard at the right things is a good way to, I always think a good way to go in life.
0: But it also speaks to love. And we don't talk about the love and the joy much. That There's something that just must fascinate you that you love of seeing that ball spiral or or, or completing that pass or hitting that target or whatever it is in your mind, what is yeah. it in your mind that fascinates you?
1: I, I think it's just that. And I think whoever, you know, it has played different sports since it's, it's swishing a free throw or it's flushing a seven iron. I mean, when you hit a seven iron, perfect, everyone knows that feeling, you know, who's plays golf. And the only thing you want to do is do it again. And it's really hard to do. And I think that's what you do when you throw a perfect pass. It's really hard to do. I threw a ball to Mike yesterday I'm as good as I could throw a ball. I mean, I dropped back. I kind of read the coverage, thought I was going to have Mike and Mike really ran an unbelievably good route. And, uh, you know, I just put through the ball literally in stride, perfect aim, accuracy, velocity technique. And I go, God damn, why can't I do that every time? And as much as I want to do it every time, it's still very challenging for me. So it's the love of the game. It's the love of the preparation. It's the love of the studying, the mental, the physical, the emotional, but the end comes down to it. You know, a lot of times you still feel like a 14 year old kid just trying to make that perfect throw. And I remember growing up and when I was, learned to throw a football, I played on the street when I was a kid, you know, I was talking about, you know, to my wife about this the other day, you know, I didn't play football till I was in high school and I did play football on the street with all my friends and we would drop plays and it was really fun to do. But when I first started to throw the football, uh, my dad brought me dad, just amazing, you know, what him being there for me really meant in my life. But he was always there helping me get better. And, you know, my first person who really taught me how to throw the ball with technique, Tom Martinez, God rest his soul, was I remember always going up to see him and working with him. And he was at the College of San Mateo at the time. And I would just work on my throwing technique over and over and over again. And by the end of the throwing session, 30 minutes in, he would have me dialed in with my timing and my mechanics. And it was just really fun in my life. And I think that feeling of joy and what you alluded to earlier, I still feel that today. And even though Tom Martinez isn't on the other end of that, um, I still am able to throw the ball in a very joyful, fun, happy way.
0: Why do you think it's so elusive? Why does that feeling that you had with Mike Evans yesterday only come once every so often?
1: I mean, why don't it's, it's just because it's a skill and the skill is it's about timing. Also, it's, it's timing, skill, energy, emotion. There's probably a thousand things that, that go into it. So it's just, why don't you hit the perfect seven iron every time? You know, why doesn't Tiger Woods hit the perfect seven iron every time? Why doesn't Steph Curry make every three pointer he shoots? Um, There's a lot that goes into making these skills happen as often as possible. And I know they don't happen all every time. Um, You know, our partner on the show, Larry Fitzgerald, he never really dropped any passes. So if there's one thing he could repeat better than anyone was catching a football. And I would even say there's probably degrees of catching a football. Sometimes, You know, you catch it perfectly, and sometimes you catch it a little less than that. But the reality is you just want to catch it. The reality for me is I just want to complete it. Sometimes it's a little low, sometimes a little high, or it's a little too in front or too behind. But, you know, the moments where you make it perfect, that's the ones that you always want to get back to.
0: And you've told us several times, we're not trying to be perfect out here. We're just trying to win the game. So when you complete that pass and you move this or you score the touchdown, is it in your head? that were winning the game or is it in your head that that wasn't perfect?
1: Uh, for the most part, you're trying to win the game in the moment. And, and even if I said, okay, I played, however, I threw 720 balls this year, some 700 plus footballs this year in an, in a game or 700 plus attempts, how many were actually perfect throws? I mean, it'd be very, very few. I mean, I'd have to go back and look at, it to study all of them, but very few in my mind would I say, Oh, that was perfect exactly the way that I intended to get the ball to the receiver. Obviously the shorter the throws are the easier ones because you can, you know, throw the ball on the line, um, you know, as opposed to, you know, throwing it 45 yards downfield and putting it right in the guy's breadbasket. basket. So, um, or sometimes where you just really stroke it. I did that yesterday. I had a, a route on the sideline to Mike Evans where came off a play action fake. I took one hitch into the throw and just drove it, across the field. Um, it was a windy day through the wind and it just struck Mike right in the middle of his chest. And I go, yep, those are the ones that prove to me that I can still do it. So it's really fun when it happens that way. Although it doesn't happen that
0: way every time. This is really interesting stuff. Let's go is brought to you by Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse, serving highest quality steaks and seafood with exceptional hospitality. Visit delfrescos.com for reservations at one of our 16 locations nationwide. Tom, you'll now move forward, and we'll talk about the Rams and the Cardinals. But as you move forward here, uh, injuries have just hit the Bucks the entire season. The defense uh, is getting some of the guys back. Yesterday, uh, we all know the weapons that you were without uh, because of various injuries. Uh, and then a number of your guys on the offensive line uh, got injured yesterday during the game. Tristan Wirfs, uh, Ryan Jensen, uh, and also uh, your backup, uh, on the offensive line Uh, Josh Wells uh, also played uh, and was hurt Uh, it led to some sacks which you haven't had this year Uh, those guys uh, having to leave the game and Jensen staying in and toughing it out Um, I know you're not the doctor and you can't prognosticate what's going forward uh, but these are going to be very difficult adjustments to make no matter who your opponent is
1: I think there's Injuries always play a factor in the adversity of the season and as much as you would love every year to go without injuries. The reality is they happen because it's a contact sport and it's an accumulation of a lot of weeks of doing it. And we've down now almost six straight months, um, you know, the last 26 weeks have been playing football. So half a year and um, you know, there's an accumulation of running, jumping, cutting, you know, getting hit, uh, accelerating slowing down all those things on on all everybody's bodies so you know a lot of the, you look at the teams that are playing tonight you know they're not at full strength um yesterday i was watching the end of the dallas game dallas niner game you had you know two of the great defensive players on the 49ers get injured um it's all about making adjustments and the teams that adjust the best win and move on and you know it's it's not about making excuses it's about okay, this is what where we're at. I think that most challenging aspect of the injuries come when they happen in game. You know, sometimes you come out of a game and a guy goes, man, I tweaked my whatever so-and-so and I'm going to try to work to get back this week. And then in, in the end, he can't make it back. So they've had someone in practice that has worked in that position all week. And you say, okay, these are the kinds of things we like and he's done a good job and he understands and there's confidence. And then there's other times where, you know, it happens all at one time. And you know, if I think of our Saint game this year, you know, we lost, we lost Chris, we lost Leonard, we lost Mike, all in the same game. And these are now guys have to go in who haven't really practiced those things all week. And you know, you're trying to communicate and execute, and it's just that's probably the toughest thing to adjust to. So even yesterday, you know, Tristan gets injured. You know, Josh Wells comes in. He's trying to, you know, get the, you know put himself in a position where he can do a good job and and then he gets Did you hear that up.
0: duck where who where is that uh, duck you have a duck in your what patio the hell there? that
1: was no that wasn't me that was wasn't snake i'm not even saying snake <laughs> must be out in the palisade somewhere but uh might you know, be that I think ring
0: doorbell of, alarm
1: that's right there's a duck there's a duck who stepped on the duck <laughs> So we, Go ahead, uh, please, sir. I'm sorry we interrupted you. That's with the right. Doc. No problem. So it's just about adjusting, and adjusting in-game is my point is that's the hardest thing to adjust to is the ones that happen in the game.
0: You mentioned the end of the Cowboys game. What are you? What did you think of how that ended with uh, Dak Prescott and the officials trying to spot the ball and, and time was out instead of just throwing a couple of Hail Marys into the end zone? You know, I
1: was paying, obviously, a lot of attention to it because – you know, had Dallas won, we'd be playing them. So I was just kind of watching a little bit how they were playing, which position guys were playing and so forth. And it was really an amazing end of the game. Um, you know, the Niners got the ball and then Debo Samuel, they had that great reverse there on about third and 10 or third, and nine, whatever. And he got down to the, I don't know, quarter, quarter of a yard to get to the, uh, you know, on fourth down. And then they ended up taking a quarterback sneak and then there was a, you know, the, the, uh, I guess it'd be illegal procedure or, you know, the, the pre snap penalty that happened, uh, with Trent Williams when he just wasn't quite in his stance long enough before the ball was snapped. So then it was amazing because I thought Dallas got the ball back and I thought they had zero chance to get the ball down the field because, you know, they had to go 80 yards in 35 seconds. And then Kellen Moore called a great hook and lateral. Uh, they called another play to get them another easy 11 yards and out of bounds. So before you know it, there was, I don't know, 15 seconds, 16 seconds left or 20 seconds. And they were at the 50 yard line um, and they got down to the 40 yard line. And then they called the quarterback draw, which was a, obviously comes with some risk and um, you know, ended up costing them because they just couldn't get the ball off in time. So again, it's a desperate situation. It's, there's not a lot of great play calls at that time you know, you're, you're kind of in the moment. You don't have all the time in the world to think of these things. And I mean, they were one second away from having a chance to throw for the end zone from the 23 yard line, which I'm sure every player on that team of Dallas's team and every fan in the stands would have loved that opportunity from the 23 or 24 yard line with one second left, but they just didn't get off in time. It was, um, you know, just a, a tough way to end the game for them. But, you know, I give them a lot of credit for getting the ball down the field in that short period of time
0: no for a long time obviously you only cared about the patriots for a long time now two years you only care about the bucks do you still kind of have a little bit in your heart there wanting to see the 49ers win unless you're playing them
1: um in the end my allegiance is to one team and that's the team (laughs) that i'm on so I lost my allegiance for the Niners when they skipped over me six times, you know, 22 years ago and drafted Giovanni Carmazzi after they had me do a local workout with Steve Mariucci and they decided they didn't, you know, I wasn't good enough to play there. So after that was, that decision was made, I could, I could really care less about 49er football other than saying that um, that's a team that I loved growing up and I had a lot of idols and I, I have a lot of friends that have played in that organization, obviously between Jimmy and, uh, Wes Welker is one of my great friends, the receiver coach. And, um, you know, those guys mean a lot to me and I want to see them do really well. So it's not that I'm rooting against them. Um, you know, at the end of the day, whoever wins those games wins. And, and it's not up to me. It's not like my me cheering for one team or another is going to decide that. But I always like to see all my friends do well. And I like to see guys around the league do well. I like to see young players do well. I like to see veterans play well. I like to see guys playing their best football in the biggest moments. So, as much as I love playing the game, I'm still a big fan of football and I love watching guys succeed at the highest level. So it was a hell of a game. I'm sure the ratings in the NFL are just on fire lately because there's been so much good football between week 18 of the regular season. And then you look at the the first weekend of the playoffs with the Raiders and the Bengals, the Niners and the Cowboys, our game probably wasn't the most intriguing. I don't think the Pittsburgh Kansas city game was the most intriguing and I'm sure there'll be a great game tonight. So, um, good teams playing good football it's it's usually comes down to the wire
0: and you told us earlier in the season that you love beating the giants that's your favorite team to beat and the team you like seeing lose the least uh is the patriots and and they got thumped as they go out of the playoffs um 47 to 17 to buffalo um what were your thoughts on that uh tom that
1: was a, you know, again, I playing in Buffalo, I know how tough it is to play up there. And I, I put pl- myself personally playing up there, found su- success, obviously. But at the same time, they were always very challenging games. And when those guys get going, man, it's tough. And I think the way that Josh Allen was playing that night, I know I saw that first touchdown pass where he was on the sideline, he threw the ball. And then after the game, he said, I was actually trying to throw that ball away. So from a quarterback standpoint, when that happens, you're like, man, things are going your way that day. You know, you think you're throwing a ball out of the back of the end zone to conserve a field goal. Next thing you know, your tight end catches it in the end zone for, you know, a big way to start the game. And uh, it was one of those nights where they just, Buffalo's offense was was almost impossible to stop. And, and Josh Allen played spectacular football in zero degree weather and was throwing the book football extremely well. They have a lot of talented skill players. And it was just... Uh, the Buffalo is pretty unstoppable that night. So, you know, for every team that loses in the playoffs, it's tough because, you know, you realize that all your hard work kind of, you come up short and you got to reevaluate and ultimately start thinking about next season. So it's a tough way to end the year when you lose. And I've been on plenty of those teams where I've done that. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of the Patriots players feel the same way, but it's a resilient team, resilient organization, so much great character and culture with that group. And, um, you know, I'd never bet bet against those guys going forward.
0: And neither did your former teammate, speaking of bets, and your good buddy uh, Julian Edelman. Uh, he put up $100,000 that you were <laughs> going to play against your former teammates, uh, the Patriots, uh, in the Super Bowl. Uh, he lost that bet, obviously. Uh, what was he thinking?
1: Oh, my God. I know. I, Julian never seemed like the betting type, so hundred grand seems like a lot for him. And the – the thing is, that it actually explains to me, because after the Pats game, he called me, he was asking for some signed jersey, and they were saying they were for charity. So I'm not <laughs> sure what he meant by that. Now I actually think I know.
0: <laughs> well, my I end up making jewels. money on the deal, because your jerseys are selling for a heck of a lot more money than that hundred grand.
1: I know. So I got to reevaluate with my shipment that just went off. So I got I to gotta text him. Maybe I need some
0: money from him. There you go. All right. Let's Go is brought to you by USAA Insurance. We're dedicated to helping the military community protect what they've worked hard for with insurance that meets their high standards. Get the coverage you deserve, USAA Insurance. USAA! Much more with Tom Brady when we return right here on Let's Go on SiriusXM. Hey everybody, this is Lindsey Rhodes, and with the NFL playoffs underway, what better time than now to check out my podcast, The NFL Roadshow. We're going to break down the biggest games, key players, every angle in between, with guests that go past the low-hanging fruit and get to what you really need to know. We'll have new episodes every Monday and Thursday, all the way through Super Bowl 56 in my hometown of Los Angeles. So please subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts, or listen on the SXM app included with most subscriptions. Welcome back to Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray along with Tom Brady. Over-under time. Here we go. Julian lost his bet. We'll find out right here. Let's Go is brought to you by Ring Alarm. Tom, you're 2-0. and I think we're going to have to come up with a new bet. He's nailed it now two weeks in a row after after, after suffering terribly with the over all season long.
1: Snake, I, I tell you, he is improved the the most improved definitely
0: i think you might be most valuable most improved and i'm along for the ride so good job snake have you been working with him or alex or something i mean what's going on with his reflexes how did this improve he's he's getting twitchy baby he's getting twitchy well it's true ring has an award-winning alarm system with professional monitoring that you can install yourself in minutes maybe snake's available go to ring.com forward slash let's go for a special offer on ring alarm today That's ring.com forward slash let's go. We just mentioned the great Alex Guerrero, who of course uh, works with you and has for a long time. And the TB12 method, uh, is he helping coach Arians because that Achilles is really bad. He had ice on it. He was taking tape off during the middle of the game. Is is he going in to get some treatment from Alex? I know, you know, he's dealt
1: with some different things over the course of the last uh, year. And, um, you know, we all see the kind of the, the, the pain he's going through. So, He's shown a lot of toughness, man. I mean, I know he's just had some different issues with his with his, uh, you know, low back and then now his Achilles a little bit. But he's hanging in there. He's just doing a great job. I really loved his leadership. You know, he just he cuts to the chase. He gives great expectations, and uh, you know, he cares really deeply about what we're doing. So we're in a great position to succeed. And uh, you know, we all love going out there and playing for him.
0: Tom, there's this perception around the National Football League that you get favorable treatment. Um, not sure exactly why that perception exists. You've had one roughing the passer call this entire season until yesterday. Yet if you go online and you look at the Internet and you listen to the pundits and, and everybody talking, it's as though, uh, you know, you just start crying for flags and it starts raining. Uh, how about this perception that you're getting favorable treatment? Uh, first of all, are you aware of it? And B, uh, how do you go about that?
1: Yeah. I always hear that to different degrees about getting penalties and so forth and roughing the passers. And I think that speaks to it because they say that and I'm always in my mind going, I don't remember the last time I got a roughing the passer, you know, and I I think uh, we should look that up, you know, over the last, whatever, 10 years, who's got the most roughing the passer penalties. I hope it's not me because then I just, you know, put my foot in my mouth, but I don't feel like I get them as much as people may think that I get them. I do know that they probably let me get away with a lot of uh, unsportsmanlike conducts, you know, talking smack to the other team and talking smack to the refs when I don't think I get the right call. So they've given me a lot of leniency in those instances. So um,
0: I'm kind of a pain in their ass if you don't already know that. Does it help or does it hurt in the NBA? You can work referees and there seems to be a lot of makeup calls in the nfl does that go on or do you think that you're complaining does you a disservice during the game or it amplifies something and and might help
1: no i just think it's part of the emotion of the game and you know look you think you should have gotten a call and you didn't get it and it pisses you off and you want to vent to someone and the guy in the you know the zebrid shirt you feel like he's the one you should vent to so um you know, in the end, it's that I don't think it makes much of a difference. They're gonna call the game like they need to. They're gonna call it the way they see it. And they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna budge because some quarterbacks yelling at them or something. So those guys got a tough job. I mean, I think so much more now, it's so much over officiating over the course of the season and there's so many things they gotta look for based on, you know, different points, of emphasis and so forth. I mean, I actually think they should try to make it simpler on the referees so they can focus more on maybe a couple different calls, but um you know those refs i in my view do a good job and they got a really tough job to do so um you know if it's up to them i think certainly in the playoffs they don't want anything being decided by their calls so i think what you saw yesterday was the referees letting us play a little bit more which i think all the players would prefer that you know we prefer a lot less penalties and over than over than than ones that are overcalled and i always think you know there's there was actually a really good term used this year when they were talking about It wasn't necessarily taunting because they're calling taunting calls for different reasons. But I thought clear, obvious, and prolonged is really a great determination for what a penalty should be. You know, if it was clear, if it was obvious, and if it was prolonged, you know, that's a good kind of benchmark in my view of how they should call penalties in the NFL.
0: There was an inadvertent whistle that occurred in the Raider game as we talked about the officials. Uh, Great play made by Joe Burrow, Cincinnati. They ended up ruling it a touchdown on the field. Uh, It was clearly a whistle during the play before the play had ended. NFL came out with a statement, which said, don't believe what we saw or what we heard. It actually happened afterwards, which is a whole nother story. Um, What are your thoughts on that and and, and what should have happened and and how that goes on?
1: Uh, You know, look, i put yourself on the other side of that. You're Joe Burrow. You make a play. You're clearly in bounds. The ball's three quarters of the way there and someone blows a whistle and you know what are they going to do say oh sorry we inadvertently blew the whistle it's i think you'd have all the bengal fans up in arms so you're not going to satisfy some, everyone you know 50% of the time everyone's going to love you the other 50% everyone's going to hate you that's just cuz you got 50% of the people cheering for one team and 50% for the other so there's no right way i mean when a call goes against you everyone's pissed when it goes for you everyone's happy and when it when it's for you it's justified when it goes against you it's unjustified again it's just it's an imperfect sport and you know, players don't make the right decisions. Coaches don't make the right decisions. Sometimes the refs mess up too. But in the end, I think with the use of technology, they're trying to get it. You, they're trying to get it right as much as possible, which is all you can really ask for. And in a, in a sport that's imperfect, they're trying to make it, um, you know, as clean as possible.
0: Just so you're aware, uh, you per game you have a point one four. Very good job by Snake here less than less than two tenths of one percent of roughing the passer uh per game for your attempts ryan's had 52 fitzpatrick 56 rogers 38 wilson 36 all these guys have much more than you and have played much less much less Mm. years
1: interesting yeah it's again i think it's just a uh everyone
0: wants to think it always goes
1: my way and that's fine again i think it's just part of fandom and i think when you're on the winning side everyone complains about you getting the penalties. And then when we lose, they, you know, if they win, obviously they're not complaining about penalties. So it's just the way it goes. I think just being on the winning side, you know, you get people that say, Oh, the reason why they win is because of this. So, um, I know the reason why we win it's because we put a lot of effort into it. We prepare well, we practice hard. I think we communicate well, we talk about situations well, and it doesn't mean we win all the time, but you know, we're trying to win more than we lose. And, and I think, uh, you know, we've done a good job of that this year.
0: Let's Go is brought to you by Casino.com. Now online in Michigan and New Jersey. Play your favorite online slots or table games like blackjack, roulette, and so much more with over 700 games to choose from. Only at GoldenNuggetCasino.com. I'm Jim Gray along with Tom Brady. We're here on Let's Go. Tom, we talked a little last week uh, about the Eagles fans giving you a hard time. Well, you finally caught a pass against the Eagles yesterday. The last one of the game. Came oh, right man. to you on the sideline.
1: What's, uh, that's a cheap shot. I know. I finally caught a pass against the Eagles. Redemption. No one can talk <laughs> about it anymore. It's about time. I, I can catch it. And you know what I did once I got it? I actually threw it. I didn't even know what to do with it. So um, I caught the one that didn't matter. Let's just say that.
0: And you threw it into the stands. And, and with that, you've now beaten 28 different quarterbacks in the postseason, uh, which is remarkable in and of itself
1: that's pretty good that's pretty good i just means i played a long time um i i would think i'd be 29 actually quarterbacks in the postseason because i've definitely i've definitely beaten myself a few times and been responsible for <laughs> some of those defeats so add myself to that list
0: that esteemed
1: list not the list i want to be on
0: i understand that so tom what do you think should we take some of the uh some of the emails and uh, and and tweets and Instagram posts that have been taken, the Hello Hater segment. Why don't we do that? Sure. What do you think? Let's do it.
1: These are enjoyable because I can really get a beat on how these fans feel about me. And the fact that these all really come in uh, just makes my day.
0: All right. So as we as we pull them up, let us remind everybody that any athlete's going to tell you it helps to work with an expert for buying or refinancing a home. Your expert is an independent mortgage broker. You can find one at findamortgagebroker.com. It's powered by United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC, equal housing lender, NMLS, number 3038, licensed in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. That's findamortgagebroker.com, powered by United Wholesale Mortgage. We haven't done this in some time, so it's, it's quite backed up. So uh, let's go to uh, what we just talked about. Uh, Helene Toy writes in Tom Brady is always crying for a flag on every play grown ass man always crying for something we don't make this up this is on your Twitter and Instagram feeds so Uh-oh. Tom you have a response for for Helene <laughs> that's funny first of all I'm not always crying
1: okay I think complaining and crying are different so if I was crying that just means I'm in touch with my emotions so I think I'm evolved and an adjusted man look I'm Healthy. So thank you. Thanks a lot. I wish if you were here, Helene, Ida, uh, I'd give you a big, warm, platonic, totally platonic hug. So appreciate it.
0: <laughs> wah, wah. Uh, all right. You want to go for another one?
1: Yeah, these,
0: these, these are my favorite. This is probably one of the best part of what we do. Tay Bucks 34. Nice name, Tay. Uh, I'd rather snap my neck than see Tom Brady succeed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tay. We appreciate it. Do me a favor. Just
1: close your eyes, Tay. Then you actually don't have to see me, and, uh, and your neck can remain intact. So you don't have to go that far. Problem solved. <laughs> Sounds like a good
0: idea. Don't go through the problems of snapping your neck. It's not worth it. All right, Tom, before we let you go, we've got to touch on the game coming up right here. Uh, The Rams and the Cards are playing. Uh, That's your next opponent. Uh, We're not going to have you give a scouting report on either because we don't know what the outcome's going to be, so you don't know who you're going to be playing. Uh, You played the Rams earlier in the season. Uh, That was a tough game. Gronk got hurt. It was out here in Los Angeles. Uh, The game will be in Tampa Bay no matter who wins. Um, How do you see this game this evening, and what are you looking for as you try and prepare?
1: You know it's pretty amazing, you know, because we talked about injuries earlier in the season uh, for our team, and then even yesterday, and these teams have really dealt with the same thing. So as, as much as we want to say, "Oh, it's injuries, injuries," well, these teams have done the same thing. The Cardinals are without DeAndre Hopkins, and JJ Watt's been out for a long time. They've dealt with a lot of injuries at corner. If you look at the Rams, they lost their running back. Um, both safeties are out tonight. Um, they lost Robert Woods, who's just an incredible player on their offense. So. It's a game of attrition. And the healthier you are, the better opportunity you got to succeed. And neither of these teams, I would say, are at full strength. But both of them have played very well at different times. Um, The Rams certainly have. The Cardinals have. They both have really dynamic quarterbacks, even though their styles are a little bit different. Um, They both have young, offensive-minded coaches. um, And the defenses are very sound and very difficult. And that Rams pass rush is dominant. Um, The Cardinals have a pass rush with – Marcus Golden, Chandler Jones. So they can be dominant at times too. So, you know, these are teams playing the same division. They know each other. They split this, they split it one-on-one. So it's really, I'm not making a prediction. Your guess would be as good as mine. And I'm sure most people would say it's, you know, it could go either way, but um, it should be a hell of a game. And we're going to have to really, you know, I I don't think I'm going to stay up and watch the whole thing, but first thing I do when I wake up in the mornings and see who won, and I'm going to get to work on my film because it becomes a really short work week and we got to get ready to play the game in six days. Uh, you know, and we got to get to work as quickly as possible and put together a great plan because it ends up being the most toughest, biggest, most difficult game that we're gonna have all season up to this point,
0: because it means everything.
1: And that's uh that's just the way it is, man. That's playoff football at its best.
0: And before we leave, you're gonna leave with an uplifting note. Uh Noah Reeb. Uh, a young man who's gone through brain cancer, uh, who was in the stands earlier this season and and held up a sign that you helped him get through that time. Um, During the week, you sent him a message. You're going to send him to the Super Bowl with his family, and you gave him a couple of tickets. Uh, That was just a a really heartwarming story, and and to see the young man's reaction uh, when you gave him something in the stands earlier in the season and, and he hugged his family and his parents and was in tears, and he was in tears again with just joy. Uh, what made you decide to do that and how did that come about?
1: No, it was just really cool and it was, you know, I spoke with the NFL and, and, uh, you know, we very kind of the NFL to help me allow no to do that. And again, I think we just can make a great impact on our communities and so many players do. And even over the last couple of years, what guys do with the, the social impact programs they've done, I'd spoken to lots of guys, Malcolm Jenkins, um, Mario Davis, Devin McCourty, um, there's an NFL Players Coalition that's done a lot of amazing work. Um, and then the small kind of acts of kindness that guys do and the the community MVPs. Guys realize that their ability to play in the NFL, they have an ability to impact people in a really positive way. And we all do that in different ways, and there's different things that are meaningful, more meaningful for in their lives based on maybe personal experiences. So NFL players are kind of real leaders in the community and not just cause they play football because they're doing the right things to try to change and inspire people to live their best life and to help people out of really desperate situations. So it's great to see. And it's, I'm glad Noah has the opportunity to go to the super bowl and I know he's going to enjoy it. It's going to be a great experience for him and his family. And, um, you know, just love these stories because this is what life's all about. I and mean, we can always focus on, you know, the real challenging moments. And, and I think for, someone like, no, he's had really challenging moments and to see him overcome it inspires so many others. And it's the least we could do to show him that we care about him and that uh, we're all proud of how much he's overcome because it inspires us to overcome the difficult situations in our life too.
0: It it is a tremendous and uplifting story. And speaking of that, uh, we never do this on this program, Tom, but uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Jay Glazer. His book's coming out uh, next week, Unbreakable. Uh, It's about his story, uh, how I turned my depression and anxiety into motivation. Um, wow. It's really remarkable, and this is helping a lot of folks. And I know you like Jay, and you're familiar with the book, but uh, want to give Unbreakable a shout out. And Jay, that's great. And Jay's been involved in, you know, in the
1: NFL community for a long time too. He has a lot of great friends, and I've gotten to know Jay over the years, and everyone pulls for him too. So again, it's just another another guy who's had these experiences that I'm allowed him to grow in ways that he could never have grown had he not experienced that. So everyone to go pick that book up. I think they'll really love it.
0: Tom, as always, thanks for your time. Best of luck. And we will talk to you next Monday night.
1: Cool. All right. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. And, um, all the fans out there, playoff football is here and only gets tougher and we're excited for the week ahead. So have a great week.
0: Let's go. Let's go. Let's F and go. Let's go. Let's Go! is brought to you by FTX. Download the FTX app now and get started in the crypto game. Our thanks to our producer, Dave the Snake Hagen, production assistance by Harris Fabishoff, and to our sponsors, Del Frisco's, USAA, Ring, United Wholesale Mortgage, FTX, and GoldenNuggetCasino.com. Let's Go! Podcast with Tom Brady was produced by 199 Productions in collaboration with Scratchy Productions. I'm Jim Gray. We'll talk to you again next week right here on Sirius XM. Sirius XM Podcasts.